Season 1, Episode 19, World Building with guest author Mike Alstrom. Hello and welcome to How to Survive Until You're Published, the podcast. Because if you're drowning in words, so are we, and you might as well not do it alone. We're really excited to have Mike Alstrom on with us today. He is um, one of our good friends. We do, um, he's in a writing critique group with us, um, and we thought he is really good with world building. So we thought we'd bring him on and just have a good discussion about it and get some of his insights and thoughts because he's pretty smart. Um, Mike, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've Great. I'm listening for a little bit and it's exciting to be actually, you know, be in it now. <laughs> yeah, we're we're glad to have you. This is great. So um, just a little bit about Mike. Mike is an aspiring writer and artist who has been obsessing over stories for as long as he can remember. He is currently finishing a bachelor's degree in creative writing at Utah State University and escaping to any fictional world he can find. So we're really excited. Okay, so we're just going to jump right in. Um, but how can you use your world building to strengthen your plot and your characters? I mean, the world building kind of goes hand in hand with those elements. Mm -hmm. uh, the plot is shaped by the characters and the world that they inhabit. And the characters' perspectives are shaped by that world. I mean, you don't really have a character in a vacuum. You have a list of traits. Um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, what what books and stuff do you guys really, uh use as reasoning for these sorts of things or, uh, as examples? I think like the first series or just author that comes to mind when I think of world building is Sanderson, Brandon Sanderson, just because he's got some pretty intense world building. But also another one that comes to mind is Leigh Bardugo and um, the Shadow and Bone series with the fold, which is just kind of another, it's a very literal, physical, geographical part of the world that influences so much of the plot. Okay. Yeah. I think one thing that uh, Sanderson has been doing really well lately uh, is working to make sure that the world really does inform the characters and their perspectives on things. Uh, makes them really feel alive and a, a part of it, and they both and they both are able to enhance each other. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's something that you got to be able to do is kind of have those things go hand in hand. And so I think he he's gotten good at um, putting his his characters or putting the world in his characters and having that shape their views. And um, I think a good example is um, like occupations. Um, I think immediately of Navani and how she, um, in the Stormlight Archive, how she loves, um, oh my gosh, the word just left me. Like to invent and things with the Fabrials. Yeah, she loves to invent the Fabrials. Yeah, the Fabrials. So um, that is like such a crucial part, especially in... Um, the, the, the fourth book that just came out, Rhythm of War, it's so crucial in her whole plotline is that skill that she has in um, in inventing and like knowing how things work and trying to discover how things work. So yeah, I think that's a good example too. Yeah, so with Navani, I think especially uh, 
her position in nobility and her relationship to Gavilar, mm-hmm. those both really inform big parts of her character as well. Her self-doubt, mm-hmm. uh, her sense of pride and honor. Those things all very much stem from her Alethi heritage, from her high position in society, and also from the controlling of a frankly terrible person that she was married to. Yeah. I honestly never want to hit punch someone so much as the <laughs> prologue of that book. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I think my husband felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty mad. Um, so kind of going off of that and also just like what we've been discussing, and this is for everyone to discuss, obviously. Um, we talked about how like your world needs to shape your characters but also you want it to come through your characters. You don't want like your world to overpower them. How do you strike that balance? And what do you think are like the key elements to bringing the world about through your characters so they're not overshadowed by the world, if that makes sense? Um, I would say that the balance comes in the transition in the character arc. I mean, look at to stick with Stormlight Archive for a bit. Uh, Kaladin, you know, he starts the first book in a very low place, very much uh, the victim of the world. You get to see the cruelties of it. You get to see how things work through him. But by the end of the Way of Kings, he's the one who is changing things and reshaping things and having that impact back on it. Another way is just to make sure that you differentiate the world from the character's opinion of the world. A really good example of this is the Bartimaeus Trilogy by Jonathan Stroud. Love those Oh, those are so good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, But Bartimaeus' opinion on the demon rankings, where everyone above him is just kind of way too prideful and caught up in their own ego and not really as cool as him. Because, you know, he's exactly the same way, but less powerful. Uh, That informs a lot of how we see the demon realm early on. But we understand that's purely his perspective, and we're able to separate the world from the character in that way. Um, Meanwhile, Nathan very much gets caught up in the trappings of his position and everything, and it's a big defining arc for him, going from someone who stands out in it to someone who blends more into the world. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So... Going on to the next question, then, what are some of those like key elements to making a world come alive through your characters and how you can like use their perspective? What are some key things you think you need to know about your world? Um, I would say find like brain writer, find the parts of your world that you are excited for, the big things that you want to see, and then expand on those. It's like a the laws of magic that Samson has, you know, you don't add more stuff before you fully fleshed out everything. You explore it in depth before you move on to something else. Yeah. And once you have three or four things that you've expanded on, you figure out like, okay, what led up to this idea? What led up to this part of the world and what are the consequences of it? Those elements start to interconnect like a whole web. And then from that, you can drive character perspectives, and they can help shape the conflict of your story. I love that. I think too, like we underestimate certain elements of our world and how they affect our plot. I know I've done that. I mean, Mike knows world building is not my strength. (laughs) 
and <laughs> he's helped me a lot with that so your insight i love what you said that's like spot on um so taking time to really build and focus in on those specific things is important because it can help you know how how to have it like how it's going to influence all the little pieces um like for example um in my in my novel that i'm working on right now i've gone through multiple drafts and one of the recent changes i've made is having some animosity between the different groups in my story and that's one of those things that i kind of put down as a statement like that's what's happening but for a while i didn't think about how that was going to affect my characters and how they felt and how they interacted and how it influenced emotionally my main character and um i recently was like okay kind of kicked myself in the face and said i need to think about how this is going to influence her and what's going to happen because of this animosity great insight mike i love it i mean uh, for my own example here um there's a novella i'm currently you know, preparing for. And at first I just knew I wanted a sort of pseudo steampunk uh, mystery. But it wasn't until I actually expanded on the world itself that the pieces really fell into place. So, okay, I want it to be a time of innovation. That means that whatever is focused around is going to be something new, something that really changes things up. And then when I decided to make it these sky ships that are becoming more and more widespread and connecting places on the map, uh, it really did a lot with the setting of just a smaller town that is now t growing because it is in a prime location for a big skyport. Uh, and that local government versus the companies that are coming in and trying to control the transportation provides a rich conflict for a mystery to work around without even being a without like being a murder or anything. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. I think that's great. Like, that's not something I had thought about, right? Like, just those, just a little thing. Like you said, having the skyships and expanding their trade routes, just like you said, how much more conflict that can bring into the story. And I think sometimes we're so close to our projects, maybe we don't see those things that could open up a different conflict or could create obstacles for our characters that might shape our story in a different way than if we didn't pay attention to our world. Yeah, that to going along with that too, I think um it opens up opportunities to deepen our characters and our world. Um like I've been all about upping the stakes the last little bit. Megan knows this. I've been like up the stakes, up the stakes, up the stakes, up the stakes, like make it better, make it deeper, make it make it more and using your world, like those finer details can deepen everything. And the more you deepen it, the more personal it gets for your reader and the more engrossed they will get in your story. Yeah, I mean, you have a world that's living. I mean, I know both of you two having read your stuff, uh, you've incorporated a lot of that. Uh, having the world actively changing and the things the characters care about, the things that, you know, endear them to us, are constantly changing and at risk uh, does help both the characters feel more alive and in a tense situation and also help make the world seem more real that it's not just a static backdrop for your characters yeah it's like 
it's it's all about it it's all encompassing it's crazy so mike uh, the, i feel like i feel like this is one of your strengths just knowing your skill um but like when you start a new story um like what do you, do you have a specific process for how you how you world build or kind of just how how does your brain work when you start to build that and start to pull ideas in and get those specifics what is talk, talk us through your process a little uh, generally for me there is one thing i get really excited about and the rest is just kind of blank uh so you know that for my current novella it was originally just a character idea just the the general vibe of this one character the kind of smug somewhat entitled uh they can care about people and be fake but that takes like actual effort and actually taking them up to slow down and piece of the situation and not get caught up in their own hype right uh and then i just kind of pick a an interesting i guess either a fashion or a look or a culture that seems to mesh interestingly with that and then from those i kind of piece together just like okay if this is going here then what would make that stand out? What would make it a little different? And then by the end, I get caught up on those details and I might not even use the original bit because there are all these different mechanics and uh, details that I'm playing with that have completely taken over my mind. I love that. So kind of taking the general, making it specific, but also asking the right questions for yourself. Yeah, it's all about the... Generally, just the more you can think through what you have, the better your story will be. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the original idea is there. As long as your thinking is more actually working through logistics and figuring out more stuff for it and not just getting super anxious about it. So um, kind of going along with that, I have you heard the, um, the iceberg analogy that Brandon Sanderson has? I know of the iceberg analogy in general, where there's so much that the audience will just never see, but it's required to help prop up what you do see. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, one thing that he said in one of his classes at Storymakers was sometimes for the author, the iceberg is hollow. <laughs> I think he said something like that. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but um, like the the amount like we put a lot of work in there that makes it look like the character the the world sorry the world is really like fleshed out and big but in reality there's a lot of little details that we miss um i wanted to know what your opinion of that is if you think that's accurate um yeah i mean we are dealing with fiction it is going to be a lot simpler than reality and not everything's going to logically line up uh generally the best way I've heard it is that you just need to figure out two steps from any one idea. If you have you know, a major element to your story, uh, you just go two steps back, you know, okay, what led to this? What led to this? And why is this this way? You do that, or you take two steps there to get different character perspectives. And the audience will be satisfied. It will seem very cohesive, especially if things start to connect up a little bit. Uh, but past that, you don't need to work through every detail. Yeah, I feel like that comes in time. Like, I bet you J.K. Rowling didn't create her own 8,000-page wiki before she started writing the book. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that was mostly done to fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that most of it was built kind of as time went on. I really like that idea, though, that you only go two steps from any one world building idea and you can kind of connect them together. Because I think a lot of times when people are starting in fantasy, especially, and I mean like world building isn't any genre, but especially I feel like in fantasy, people get really overwhelmed by the idea that they have to create an entirely new world, culture, yada yada you know like they just think it's so much work to do which like in reality it still is quite a bit of work but i think they overwhelm themselves with the idea that they have to flush it out to perfection like to the details that we know our world you know oh yeah no there's this uh, real instinct that we need to just keep shoving in as many ideas as we can because that's going to make it unique that's going to make it really interesting because there's just so much stuff when in reality, an interesting drawing can be done with fewer lines than a cluttered mess of lines. As long as you can connect the right ones together and give it a bit of shading. Yeah. Yeah. And make it prominent, make it stand out, make it important. Yeah. Um, not Focus just... on what matters to you and what matters to the characters. I think, too, like you were saying, J.K. Rowling and Brandon Sanderson are both really good at this. They give really specific details about the world that connect together. But when you look at it, it's just the one detail that satisfies the reader. Or like, oh, wow, they must know so much more about this one specific thing. Like in Sanderson's book, Stormlight Archives, again, I'm thinking about the Lethe and, you know, how women cover their left hand. And I was like, wow, he's thought through this massive religion, you know. And I was like, just that one small detail was enough to like satisfy my reader mind and think, wow, he really, really flushed this world out. Yeah, and I mean, that idea is kind of built upon as well, uh, where, you know, it's explored in that tests that take one hand to the Alethi seem feminine, while things that take two hands are more masculine. Uh, and just that ends up giving the whole safe hand principle not a direct connection to it but there's a line of logic there that makes sense to us internally yeah so kind of going along with that that's um i just brought another question on my mind um <laughs> um how do you get yourself comfortable i guess this is kind of for all of us to talk about but how do you get yourself comfortable in your world um because that's one thing I feel like Sanderson's really good at when he talks about like the safe hand. He, it, you can tell it's so natural and normal in the customs of their world that writing about it like comes naturally. He doesn't forget it. So that was well, what do you what do you guys do to make yourself very comfortable when you're writing in your world? Um, well, I think one big thing is to remember the context around these things, like. The safe hand to us seems weird, but for them, it is normal. It's just like any other article of clothing is to us. Like, uh, you know, for them having, when a safe hand is as natural as it would be to someone in like the 20s or the, you know, early 1900s, for all women to be wearing dresses. Like, it's just not questioned. Uh, so how these things look to the characters versus to the audience is a big understanding to have thing that goes back to knowing your audience is a whole nother mess yeah i think too like one knowing the context in your story is good but as the author keeping notes on that and maybe even reading those notes frequently to remind yourself like 
that it is normal for your characters or that this is how it connects and why it might influence them this way or that, you know? Yeah. Also, uh, another thing for, especially for bigger world building details is to allow the characters to know wrong things or to not know things. You are an expert on your world. Your character is far from that, especially if they are on the younger side or not very well educated. Even if they are educated, then they could still have some really wrong ideas just because of how the education went and what organization was in charge of it. And just having those misunderstandings in there adds another layer of believability. Yeah, I think that's really great. Because like, if you look at Harry Potter, right? J.K. Rowling teaches us, teaches us about the wizarding world through Harry because he does not know it. And he's like clueless as to what it is, you know? And so I think having those characters, like you said, that might have just missed a thing or two or are completely new to some of these elements can help you teach your readers in a way too. That's going to be more natural. I love that. Yeah. And I love thinking about the difference between Ron and Harry. Ron has lived in the wizarding world. He knows how everything operates. He knows like the old fairy tales, you know, cause he listened to the tales of Beale the Bard when he was a kid and, you know, like he grew up flying on a broomstick even when he was like five years old so I, I think it's interesting thinking about the difference in their character kind of bringing it back to our first question like that changes how your character develops and how their personality is um depending on what they know about the world and what they don't know about the world so before we kind of wrap up is there any other advice you would give new writers on world building Focus on what you love and don't take it too seriously. As long as the parts that you directly include make sense, then just don't worry about the nitty gritty of it. Don't worry about you know like the cinema sins type of criticism where it's just pointing out the things that aren't directly explained or uh, seem contradictory at first glance because the it does not matter and it's just bad criticism. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's a really good piece of advice. Great. Well, thank you so much, Mike. This has been really, really a treat. Um, I love hearing your insights. I feel like you gave a lot of really good thoughts. Um, you definitely are more of an expert than I am. So, um, <laughs> not sure about that, but thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you so much. So what challenge would you like to leave with our listeners concerning world building? Right, yes, the challenge. Um, well, uh, find a piece of your of your world that you are excited about and figure out two things that led up to this or two things that cause it and then two consequences of that. And, you know, the, the second step there can also be like a, a, a specific character perspective on it. Just take one element and flesh it out in two directions. I love that. That's great. That'll That's be awesome. good. Okay, I'll have to. I'll have to give that a shot too. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, sure. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, thanks for having me on, you guys. This has been great. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for being on. It's a pleasure.